1: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Liz Loza and I am joined by Yahoo Draft expert Eric Edholm. And for the next two weeks, we're going to dig deep into some of the prospects that will be picked in the 2022 NFL Draft last week. We talked about running backs this week. We're going to talk about wide receivers. We're going to talk about their fantasy, potential fantasy value, where they might fit, their comps, pros, cons. And since this is the deepest position in the draft this year, um, we're going to give you a lot of information. So get ready. Put your thinking caps on and... Um, start absorbing, right, Eric? <laughs> There's a lot. That's here. Right,
1: I'm going to throw a lot at them. I hope they can uh, they can write it all down or play it back several times. Whatever works for me.
0: Well, you know what the staff at Arkansas did was they threw a lot at Traylon Burks because he was used all over the field. This yep. is the first player we're going to talk about. I love that he's a local kid made good. It's one of my favorite homespun stories. Um, you know, I think probably the best thing about him or the thing. When I first watched his tape came to mind is what I just mentioned, his versatility. What mm. was the first thing that came to your mind when you saw this? I mean, and there's a lot, right? Like six foot yeah. two, two hundred and twenty-five pounds, like twenty-two years old. So there's there's a lot going on for him, but to be that size and to be used in so many ways and so productive in those ways to me really stood out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, versatility is key. And, and the one word, you know, not not stealing yours, of course, uh, that I would come up with is is warrior. I mean, mm. you know, three years ago when they had nothing on offense, he was the offense. They would throw to him every, every other play. It felt like they'd line him up in the backfield. He threw some passes, too. He was just the best football player by a mile on that team. As they added talent and K.J. Jefferson at quarterback, you know, you saw him allow – it allowed – uh burks to run more traditional wide receiver routes something that scouts had had kind of queried about prior to this past season so a little bit less of the trick play stuff but yes that is definitely a big part of his game but his toughness is really impressive he goes over the middle you know he's got a target on his back because he was that high volume guy Uh, i took a lot of big shots and always picked himself off the turf and and kept going so the versatility is great the, the warrior mentality and, and the way with which he plays is also kind of a hallmark for him.
0: I also want to mention that he was a baseball and basketball player in high school. So this is a young prospect who has a ton of athletic skill. And I mention that because one of the biggest knocks against him is his speed and how he, I guess, underwhelmed at the combine. And so when we think high athleticism, we think of these high twitch, high motor speed right. guys with crazy acceleration. And yet that's not who Burks is, but he is still wildly athletic.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think the, the 40 time is fine. I think he was in the, the, the mid to high four or fives. That is great for his height and his weight. I can live with that all day. You know, the fact that that Jordan Davis, a 340-pound nose tackle, had the same uh, broad jump that he did, a little bit concerning because you want explosiveness in that type of receiver. The three-cone number, you know, I think it was a 7.28 or something like that. That's a little disappointing. But again, at his size, what are you realistically expecting? He's closer to a tight end than he is to a lot of wide receivers size-wise. So, yeah, I wish the three-code number and, and some of the agility drills, he did the short shuttle at his pro day, not a, not a superb time. That, that's the one thing that worries me a little bit is, is he going to get chopped down before he gets started? Because they did use him a lot on those little quick hitches and screens, and I think he'll, he'll get a lot of those as well in the NFL.
0: So you're not worried about the speed. Are you worried about, you mentioned it briefly, the messiness, I guess you could say, of his routes?
1: Yeah, I mean, right. I think they're they're a little bit segmented. You know, he's such a big guy. It takes a lot. You know, it's a, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, body control with that kind of weight to to shift direction. So, yeah, I think there is some refinement needed in this game, but... You know, you mentioned the 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 athleticism and the baseball and basketball in his background. He's also a, a pretty avid hunter. He was talking at the combine yeah. about his ability to to you know track down the hogs and deer and hog things hunters, like that. Yep. I mean, look, if you're born to do that, you can go hunt the football too, right? You've got to have stealth. You've got to have obviously quickness. Once the the hog realizes you're within his uh, his eyesight, there, so it's a pretty good reactive quickness, even if it doesn't show up on the uh, on the stopwatch.
0: Who would you comp him to uh, in the NFL? I know I have mine. I want to hear yours.
1: Yeah, I had to go back a little bit just because there aren't too many guys his size who play prominent roles. You know, we've gotten away a little bit from the bigger receivers uh, to some degree in the NFL. So I I just think style wise, and I'm not saying they're going to have similar career arcs, but he reminds me a lot of Anquan Bolden, you know, Hmm. big hands physical at the catch point, loves to box out safeties, you know, c- can take a slant and just power his way through the middle of a defense or can go over the top two when needed. So, you know, he's not a blazer, but he gains separation. That's all you really care about. And, you know, Bolden was notoriously docked for his slow 40. He was seen as a first round pick in 2003 or whatever until he ran a four seven two. Now he's one of the exceptions, but uh, at faster times with a similar body size, the ability to throw the football like Bolden could you know, there's at least some, some big overlap. Who did you have for your comp?
0: I also had to go back. And I'm wondering as we're both finding comps from the past, if that's part of the slide that we anticipate Burks having, right? Like the NFL has changed into a faster paced, offensive up, up up-tempo sort of game. And now maybe there's a fear of busting, right? There's a fear that this old style wide receiver isn't, Isn't going to work in the modern NFL. I I had Andre Johnson because of his physicality, because of his ability to win in contested situations. Does he separate particularly well? Does that mean that maybe his career arc might be a little bit shorter? Probably. So, you know, from a fantasy or dynasty keeper perspective, like keep that in mind, but I do see a lot of Andre Johnson. And I kind of also am wondering if every, you know, this might be an opportunity for front offices to zag while everybody is zigging.
1: Hey, look, they, they've been doing it. You know, you've seen certain teams like the the Ravens and Titans and Patriots do it with the run game. Everyone's going to these smaller, mm. faster defenders. They use the big run game and the big linemen and things like that. It wouldn't shock me. And, and with, with, with unusual traits like these and, and players like this, if you feel you can make them work and you have a fit in your offense, why would you pass them just because you know the Joneses are doing something else? I mean i I would say that people like the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, or or we talked about the run game too. You know, often are rewarded for kind of going against the grain when they have the right player uh, to fit into that system.
0: Where are you hearing? Are you hearing any potential landing spots? Like, I think we we understand that he'll fall outside of the top ten. initial picks um but he stood should still go in the first round right
1: i agree yeah i think there's going to be a run on receivers this year with all the money paid to the you know the the tyreek hills and and uh you know chris godwin's and all the all the free agency money i just wrote about that for today but yeah i really feel like there's so many receiver needy teams and people see the value of a rookie contract, much like they do with a quarterback, right? You take a rookie quarterback in round one because, A, you think he's good, B, you want to save some money at the position. We're not quite, but, I mean, we're starting to inch our way towards that where, you know, the number of $20 million receivers, I think we have nine averaging 20 or or more million dollars per year. You know, who who wouldn't love the, the 10th or 15th or 20th pick in the draft? So, yeah, I think he ends up going if I had to guess somewhere from about 16 to 20 something, I think that's probably his range.
0: I I would love to see him in green Bay. I know everybody would love to see anybody in green Bay, um, but I think, you know, when we talk about the Debo Samuel versatility and you know, that Mm. Matt Lafleur comes from that coaching tree. um, There might be an easier way for him to produce and avoid that bust potential that we just talked about.
1: Yeah, I can see it, no doubt about it. It would be a different style receiver than they've had, but it would make sense given the, you know, LeFleur, uh, you know, tree, if you will, with Shanahan and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the Saints made some sense, too. And there are other teams in that mid to, to late first round that that could be a good fit for him. But, you know, I, I would be fascinating to see him, especially if the future of Michael Thomas is a little bit up in the air, you know, given the fact that they didn't really have reliable targets. he's sort of, you know, again, you want to throw back, There's a little Marcus Colston in his game in some respects, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, there are a number of teams that fit, but I, I'd love to see him go to the saints where boy, he, he, you know, could end up being one of the more important players next year if he did.
0: Let's move on to Garrett Wilson. I think this is a player who is probably consensus-wide the number one wide receiver in this year's class, at least in terms of rankings. All right, a little bit about Wilson. He was originally born in Columbus and then moved because of his dad's job to the Austin area, but came home to Ohio. In high school, he was a basketball star, not just like you know, kind of a basketball star. He earned Division I basketball scholarship offer. So you see that ability to box out, that body control, that incredible balance and leaping ability show up in his football game regularly. When I watched him, the first word that I wrote down was contortionist because Mm -hmm. he looks like he is moving in slow motion. When you see him go up for some of these grabs, it is absolutely incredible to watch what what part of his game most stood out to you
1: yeah I, I would have taken that or some something similar had you not used that as your comparison because you know the, the elite body control ball skills you know the ability to navigate the sideline you know he's already advanced to We where he gets two feet in bounds sometimes You know, uh, being able to adjust to off uh, target throws with a freshman quarterback last year. You know, some of those throws were high and wide and low to the ground and he'd pluck them. He had great ball skills. So that's that's a superior uh, descriptor for him. I would just sort of qualify it by saying I think he's ready made for the NFL. He's got the polish uh, that he learned from Brian Hartline, one of the best wide receiver coaches in the country at Ohio State. Big time performances uh, and big time competition, not only in practice every day uh, at one of the elite programs, but also, uh, you know, playing in, in important games uh, around bowl time and, and a good schedule in the Big Ten. So, you know, he, every season he took a step up and you know you, you know, you mentioned the, the basketball skills. He's got great athletic bloodlines. His dad played in the NBA for a minute, uh, was a, a really good college player. Davidson before Curry ever uh, made it a, a destination school in some ways. His older brothers uh, played football as well. So he just looks natural. He looks mm-hmm. like the kind of guy with the athletic confidence uh, and the body control that you mentioned that, that makes him great.
0: And yet he logged six drops over. He did. 103 targets in 2021, some body catching issues maybe, but I'm more concerned that it could be a concentration problem, especially when you know someone is so athletically inclined, perhaps the focus is not there because they rely instinctively on that, which they know they have in their possession.
1: I would say those, those issues were also, you know, seen on his 2020 tape. I watched a couple of games from the previous year, shortened season. And, Same thing. It almost felt like not the easier the catch, but some of the more routine things, that's when he drop it. So concentration, you know, that's what I wrote down in my scouting report, I believe, was, you know, concentration, you know, concerns. That was that was the one big thing, because when the the, the degree of difficulty is raised, he tends to make those grabs more often than not when they are a little bit more of the routine plays. You know, and that's something that I think that can get coached out of him. So I didn't ding him too much for that. But you, you have to note it. Absolutely.
0: Who do you comp him to at the next level?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit tricky because, I mean, you know, he, he reminds me of a few different players. So, you know, somewhat of a hybrid of Emmanuel Sanders in terms of his you know, his slipperiness, his surprising speed. He ran a sub 4, 440. I don't know that I expected that. They would send him on vertical routes, but a lot of it I felt like maybe was schemed up. He actually has great play speed and also time speed. So a little bit of Sanders... A little bit of Robert Woods, too, with that body control that you mentioned. What makes Woods so good is his natural separation. And also, you know, the ability to kind of adjust to off-target balls and catch the ball in stride, even when it's, you know, not in the perfect target zone. So, you know, kind of mash those two things together and similar body styles, too. So. Uh, he's not big. I mean, that's, that's something you're just going to have to get over, but, uh, you know, he can make it work in the NFL.
0: Yeah. Six feet tall and 183 pounds. So it's a good point. I think that's why, you know, I ran a poll on Twitter because I really liked Victor Cruz as a comp. Uh, I didn't come up with it, but I saw it and I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense to me because there's like an elegance, I think to both Wilson and Cruz's game. Um, but the poll that I ran most people, and this is Twitter, and we all know Twitter's on real life, but um, <laughs> yes. Stefan Diggs was the... Okay. I, I don't know if, like, Wilson's as good of a route runner as Diggs right. is, or is even as Diggs was as a rookie.
1: Maybe I would say, you know, after the catch, I think you see some similarities, right? Sure. The, you know, you see some of the the dead leg and and kind of the little funky moves. There was one play, and I'm trying to remember who it was against. They ran a little... You know, a little flare out in the flat, and there was a convoy waiting for him, four or five defenders. Well, it didn't stop him from trying to like wiggle <laughs> through, and he got two or three extra yards. And I thought, you know, a lot of people won't notice plays like that, or you know, that happens in the second quarter. But every one of those plays adds up. So you think about digs too. It always feels like the sum of his parts are greater than any one individual skill. So yeah, I mean, I don't hate it, but I, I see what you're saying. It may not be as good as the Cruz one. I think Victor Cruz makes a ton of sense.
0: You know, so we've hyped him up. Like I, I love his game. I think it sounds like you love his game. I don't we'll say at the end whether or not he's your wide receiver one uh overall in this class. But I don't see how he doesn't go to Washington and therefore just tank any wonderful potential he might have. <laughs> like how do We're I not already... hate that? Like, how do I love a player so much and not hate that he's either he or Olave are probably going the commanders?
1: Yeah. Yeah, when, when Ron Rivera makes it to a pro day, this is a little uh, little inside baseball draft nugget here. I mean, I think Ron, and I've known him a little bit, but I think he's made it to about four pro days uh, in his head coaching career. He just, he doesn't go. The previous three times that he went, I think, was Christian McCaffrey, um, Cam Newton. Uh, okay. There was And there was one other that the Panthers are... are, are Redskins slash uh, football team slash commanders drafted I forget but they're three for three so far he was at Ohio State's pro day so uh, you have to put them on the list at least even if you know we're 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 wondering what that might do for his uh, his fantasy returns in year one I, I
0: mean it makes sense right Terry McLaurin sure. also at Ohio State
1: they but, need a playmaker yeah
0: uh, don't do you feel like His, I mean, I know that we think he's NFL ready, so it makes all the more sense. But from a fantasy perspective, there's volume there. But do we really trust the efficiency of a Carson Wentz-led offense?
1: If they build an offense around not trusting Wentz and he ends up throwing a lot of short passes, you know, look, Wilson did a lot of that, right? And he gains quick separation, does a lot after the catch, broken tackles, missed tackles, you know, things like that, forced misses, what have you. Maybe then, you know, you could see him volume his way. Look, I mean, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was at 90 catches and 900 yards last year. I don't think anyone would have, you know, felt like Jared Goff was was a blessing to his fantasy value, but it made it work. So, you know, even sure. in those bad situations, there might be a a, a a glimmer of sunshine.
0: All right, we're we're gonna hold we're gonna hold on to the glimmer. Like I, I don't <laughs> see a world in which he clears 60 catches. I mean, like last year the. Behind McLaurin, like, I think the top three receivers or pass catchers were uh, both running backs and Adam Humphreys, and they, like, didn't even clear 45 receptions. So uh, 60 grabs would be nice, but you're right. There's a glimmer, and talent is always a tiebreaker, and I think we are both saying that Garrett Wilson certainly has that in his favor. Let's move on to Drake London, because this is a player that I think was probably the number one wide receiver overall heading into... Uh, And for the bulk of 2021 before he broke his ankle, um, it's Drake London out of USC, six foot four, 219 pounds. He's only 20 years old, which, you know, we like in fantasy, we like youth. Uh, He will be 21 this July. And this is another player who was a standout basketball player in high school and actually played basketball for the Trojans his freshman year before he That's got right. hurt and really decided to focus on football. So, again, a lot of that in his game, ideal size, length, incredible leaping ability, no surprise, right, given his background, incredible yep. catch radius, really, really interesting game. I'm a little bit worried about his durability, I'll be honest. Like, I feel like this is a guy who we say, oh, if he was healthy, if he was healthy, and maybe it's not a big deal, but I'm a little bit trepidatious to begin with.
1: Yeah, it's fair to, to wonder that because he didn't work out at the combine. He wasn't able to work out at USC's first pro day. So, you know, some concern about an injury that happened, what, in November off the top of my head, you know. So here we are in April and, you know, we don't have a really full, you know, both medical and athletic profile on him. Those are two big concerns because I think some people are asking, can he separate? Can Is he going to be able to to run some of the vertical routes that he did in, in college those are fair questions. The injury concern as well, you know, especially if you're a bigger guy and and people tend to play more physical with those type of players. They sometimes they feel they have to. So yeah, that's a that's a fair concern.
0: How are you how are you comping him?
1: Yeah, I he reminds me a little bit of Cortland Sutton, you know, the the, the box out jump balls, you know. I mean, that that's kind of the, you know, uh, the the player that that he most reminds me of. I know you've mentioned him as well as a, as a as a comp. You know, some people have said Michael Pittman Mike Evans good call yep I mean those are those are similar play styles the thing about Evans is that I mean as London isn't even 21 years old yet there's still some in the league who some scouts who believe that he could grow an inch that he could be able to pack on another 15 20 pounds and and not really lose his running ability so you know you start getting up into that six, five range and what Evans was. I mean, Evans is is a different breed. There really aren't any Mike Evans just in the league, not named Mike Evans. So I don't want to go quite there, but you know, if you told me in three years that he's playing on that level, it wouldn't completely stun me either.
0: That's good to know. And I love that Intel because part of the reason I shied away from the Evans complicate was because Evans is just so strong. He's just so um, immovable, you know? And so his athleticism, is paired with physicality and it is a different thing to see a 20-year-old kind of skinny kid trying to be physical and imagining and imagining that at the next level. So, yep. uh, but I do think when we talk about his potential or his contested catches, we also have to talk about how bad the quarterback play was for right. the Trojans and how he was still able to be so incredibly productive at USC. He also uh, earned a PFF grade of 91.8. Uh, for a receiving grade, which, you know, all of that speaks. Yeah. All of that speaks to his um, ability to ascend regardless of the things around him, which we like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Three years in college. I think he only played, I want to say 27 or eight games total. Uh, You know, when you factor in shortened 2020 season injury last year, I think he played with seven or eight different starting quarterbacks. You know, which is crazy at a place like USC. You know, even where, you know, in the past, you know, they'd graduate guys and the next stud would come in. It really wasn't a case like that. One of them was Jackson Dart last year a freshman. You know, it, it considering all those things for him to be able to catch 100 and, you know, 50 plus balls in in, you know, 27 or 8 games. The volume is there. I mean, he was averaging 11 catches a game last year. He was, in a lot of ways, their offense, and he used those basketball skills to, to get open, you know, fend guys off. He can get a little aggressive with the, uh, the downfield contact, you know, extending his arms and, you know, not really being too shy about it. I wish he was a little more subtle, but that's, you know, with a I kid like who's
0: a kid. not
1: 21. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he, with the right coaching, he'll be fine.
0: I think we're all imagining that he is going to have to leave Southern California for the first time in his life and head across the country to New York because the Jets are going to select him.
1: I've I've made that pairing before. It makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, yeah, you have you know the the physical and, and tough Corey Davis. You have Elijah Moore as well. You know, you don't really know what you have at tight end there. Um, they can throw to their backs, Michael Carter, and guys like that. But I would love to see one more. Big play receiver for Zach Wilson, who, you know, threw, I would say, with a lot less confidence last year uh, than than some people expected. And, and some of these hero balls certainly didn't work out. But that's a guy who can bail you out, especially a, a kind of a, you know, ragtag uh, backyard style quarterback, right? That's the kind of player where, you know, all you have to do is get it in the zip code and he and he could probably find it.
0: Well, he dragged these goofballs in Southern California into production. I mean, he was a Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year in 2021, yeah. even though he broke his ankle on uh, what Halloween, the day before right. Halloween. Yeah. Um. So I-, I think you're right from a fantasy projection point of view. You mentioned it, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, Elijah Moore. I love Elijah Moore, but very different style player. Mm-hmm. And then they add these two tight ends clearly to help um to help fix. Let's be honest, Zach Wilson, and give him some red zone. Options between CJ Uzoma and Tyler Conklin. So I'm looking at London as a touchdown producer, you know, also given his contested catchability and how That's he can right. kind of drag Wilson into productivity in the red area, become a, a weapon for him in the red area. what Would you take, let's say it all happens, Jets, over under seven and a half touchdowns? as a jet.
1: I think he had eight in eight games last year. Right. So that, that for a offense that was inconsistent. Right. I mean, they were, they were not, you know, good game in game out, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would think that numbers is, is pretty fair in a 17 a, a game season. I mean, that, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, yeah. I also thought the Eagles could make sense. I mean, I think, you know, pairing him with Devonte Smith would be really nice and it would yeah. certainly work a couple of too. Out. Yeah. Yeah, right. Get a little variety of all kinds of different guys. And yeah, I mean, I, I could see both of those being sort of quality touchdown locations where, where, you know, he's not averaging 11 catches a game next year. But in the right role, he absolutely could provide big fantasy value in that regard.
0: Ohio State didn't just have a variety of wide receivers. They had a buffet. Of wide receivers, Chris Olave, the second one we're going to talk about. Um, this is a kid from really from like the near Tijuana, like the way south San Diego, San Ysidro. Yeah. About I think it's three miles from Tijuana. Um, so a small a small school, but he crushed it in basketball and track and field and football. Got offers from twenty schools. Ultimately committed to Ohio state put on 15 pounds of muscle between 2018 and 2019. And that's when things started to pop for him. Uh, He logged 35 receiving touchdowns over his four years in Columbus. Um, What was the first word that came to your mind when you saw him play?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously the production's great, but when you, when you sit there and watch the way he runs routes, I mean, just so smooth, just a really polished player, you know, arguably more polished than Garrett Wilson in terms of his route running it. And Wilson's great at it, you know, but just the ability to seamlessly shift down his gears, crank up, use deceptive speed where he could be running at 85%. The DB thinks he's staying with him. And then he's just got that little afterburner right at the end. All that, the route pacing, you know, the route efficiency too not taking so many steps. He's got a little, more of a long strider than you'd think for a, you know, six foot, 190 pound guy or whatever, but so smooth in his approach. That's that's what I love most about him.
0: I thought his awareness was really uncanny. I mean, like you could, you could cut together a sizable highlight reel of just his toes near the boundary. I think he yeah. probably had plenty of officiating crews second guessing themselves with the toe drag. I mean, and this is college, right? The rules... Are a little bit different too, but if he had that kind of awareness as a 20-year-old kid, the idea of what he could do at the next level, especially when those inches turn into centimeters, uh, (laughs) like really, really astounded me. He's just like, the toes and then the hands, like everything about him, is really, really sticky. I, 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 I he looks a lot like Kelvin Ridley to me, to be honest. I like think yeah. he's probably a number two, but could ascend to a number one. But probably best served working as a number two with like a bigger body, since he is, as you mentioned, just six feet tall and one hundred and eighty-seven pounds, working on the opposite side of the field.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I expected in doing my research on him now, he's been on the scene, like you said, for, you know, the better part of three plus years or whatever. I I expected to hear that he was like a ballet dancer or something growing up because of that, you know, that ability to, to, to drop the toes in at the last second body control, outstanding, um, really graceful, you know, a little bit of Lynn Swan in his game in that regard. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going there of course, but uh, you know what I mean? That's, that's the kind of player he is. He's graceful, athletic, smooth. If you could get him with the right quarterback and send him on, you know, I mean, and get him in space, boy, he could be a weapon. He's also, you know, the kind of guy who probably was good enough to to come out last year. I was a little bit surprised he came back to school because he was probably going in the top 40 and may have been a first round pick a year ago. So I think the maturity level is there for a you know, a 22 year old kid now, and and the experience he's had, like Wilson. So th- there's a lot to like about him, even if he's not physical. He's not a tackle breaker. You have to you just have to know what he is.
0: You are he does underwhelm on, after the catch, especially for a guy yep. who's pretty fast. But but if we're thinking about that, and you mentioned pairing him with an elite quarterback, like how about Dallas? You don't need a yak monster with Ceedee Lamb. And you got this guy who's an incredibly crisp route runner. Remind me of what we all said about Amari Cooper when he came out. Wasn't wasn't his routes, his thing. And now you get a mini Amari at a, on a rookie contract.
1: I mean, if it happened, Liz, it would go in. Yeah. It would go right back to what I was saying earlier about you trade away the $20 million receiver and draft the $7 million receiver, whatever they end up uh, making uh, per year. and, And you get, 85 90 of the player right away and with with Alave, i mean look we've seen cooper be a little bit inconsistent in recent years you know not quite showing up when they need him to most maybe Olave's is closer to 100 percent of what cooper i'm mean, again i'm not trying to go overboard but really he's that good i don't think he makes it to 24 that's why i pegged him to washington i mean i don't that may be a tad high but the last couple weeks i've been here in that uh, all these receivers are going to go earlier than than some people believe now we'll see if that ends up being the case or not
0: well that's interesting i know he did just meet with the commanders olave did earlier this week but as we mentioned wilson did as well and obviously yeah. mclaurin has a friendliness with both of them having and
1: curtis samuel right yeah right that's right, right right.
0: there's a whole buckeye what do you, you could call it buckeyes east i guess i
1: like it yeah yeah <laughs> They're taking it from the Saints. The Saints used to have every Ohio State player. Now it's going to be Washington, right?
0: Well, that brings us to our next guy, Jamison Williams, who was uh, an Ohio State Buckeye, but he didn't end his career there. He's originally from St. Louis, another track and field star. No surprise. Although this one, I should mention, holds the state record for the 300 meter hurdles, which was a record previously set by Buckeye great Ezekiel Elliott. That's right. Williams was like, "Oh, there's this Wilson kid and this Olave kid, and they're both really, really good. So you know what? I would like to stand out." Ended up entering the transfer portal, going to Alabama, which, by the way, was one of the schools that recruited him out of high school in the first place. And uh, you know, without Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith on the on the roster, he took advantage of his opportunity. I would say the hallmark of his game is his speed. He also has incredible footwork, but what when you saw him first came to your mind?
1: Yeah. I mean, explosiveness. It it was stunning to see him evolve so quickly. I mean, because at Ohio State, probably because of a numbers game too, and maybe some some immaturity. Or, you know, I mean, he's he was he was sort of dinged a little bit character-wise at Ohio State, left that situation, goes to Alabama and explodes. I mean, went from 15 catches in two years to, you know, averaging Twenty yards a catch and fifteen scores this year. He was the guy. So you know to see him really kind of break out of his shell um, and do so with that explosive speed. I mean, he comes from a track family. I mean that that's really what the the Williams name has been ma- has been uh, known for. And he's translated to the football field. He's slender. He's got the ACL injury that we have to worry about. But assuming, as most ACL patients do, he returns to full full health. In time, you could have probably the best vertical route, or maybe one a to Olave in this in this entire class.
0: Six foot two, one hundred and seventy nine pounds, so wiry on the yeah. leaner side. Any idea if there is room for him to pack on muscle, and yeah. if you think it would affect his speed? Which, unfortunately, as you mentioned, we don't have a time on because of the January ACL tear.
1: Yeah, I think he's a four three guy all day. I mean, okay. but but yeah, the the weight concern. I mean, I. He, People ask that about Devonte Smith too, right? Oh, you're only 160 pounds, right? Can we can we throw a you know a couple of houses on you and see what happens? But he was able to make it work last year at, at a lower weight. There are some guys who are just a little bit different, uh, you know. We'll 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 see if he qualifies mm. to be in that discussion. Is, Williams
0: isn't a Heisman winner though, you know. That's like, true.
1: He's... No, I know. Right, and I mean that's and he's already got a full season under his belt, so. I mean, I hesitate to to portend greatness on him right away. But I do think if he gets back the same kind of explosive vertical speed that he did uh, and, and really sharp route running uh, too in, the, in terms of the top of his stem, you see him make a, you know, a 45 degree cut on a dime. That makes you believe that this is a, a pretty exceptional athlete who has allowed the receiving portion of his game uh, catch up a little bit.
0: Well, who are you comping him to? This one I thought was interesting. It was a little, it was, it's not a, it's not a one for one for me.
1: Yeah, no, it's a tough, it's a tough call. Cause I mean, obviously you start with the body size. There aren't, you know, too many 175, 180 pound receivers who are that tall, who thrived in the league. And uh, Robbie Anderson's certainly one of them. You got to mention him, I think, but I, the one in terms of just his game and the way he can pull away from people and almost shock people with his speed uh, reminded me of Brandon cooks too. You know sure. I mean? Cooks early in his career. I think. People saw him and he sort of had this, you know, kind of weird, small, stockier build a little bit. But, you know, he he had ability to turn on that extra gear a little bit. So I think in terms of how he'll be used, you know, that's probably about the best I could come up with.
0: I I actually, when I did a Twitter poll, I included Cooks, Anderson, and Will Fuller in the poll. Will Fuller won out. I had Robbie Anderson. I just think, I just imagine all of these long touchdown bombs Mm-hmm. Um, to Williams and and again I'm I'm thinking in a fantasy point of view right so like that, yeah I can I can see it happening more and more knowing where his value would show up on uh not just a stat sheet for NFL fans but yeah. for my own roster um
1: But you're I not do, as high on him though. You're not as wild on him as, no, as some of these other guys.
0: I also wasn't as high on Will Fuller, I'm a little bit concerned about the injury. Yeah. I feel like I don't want to call him a one-trick pony but I do feel like there are other players. Look, he's in my top seven. Um, sure. I just right. think there are other players with more dimension to their game and being a skinny deep threat is great, but you have to have the pieces around it in a landing spot in order for that to work. And Absolutely. yet when you have a guy like Olavi who can run Chris routes, like he's he's going to find success somewhere. When you have Garrett Wilson, who is so pro ready, he's going to have immediate success. So Williams to me is like, there's a potential there, but I just don't see him blowing up immediately unless he were to go to a place like Kansas city.
1: I mean, boy, you think about the possibility of him slipping to a, a big play offense and you know, the ACL injury is going to knock him down. I don't know how far, you know, I remember Todd Gurley went 15th a few years, you know, back when he came out of the draft, that was a surprise. So there's always the potential of him going ahead of, uh, you know, one of these other receivers we've mentioned, but if he does slide a little bit and he gets in the range of the chiefs or the Packers or my pick, the chargers who are at 17, you know, I love the chargers receivers, but they can be patient. with (laughs) I, Oh, I do too. I just think he's going to be your vertical guy. And, you know, Keenan Allen makes a lot of money and maybe in a year or two, or Mike Williams, certainly injury prone guy. He fills a void that they don't currently have, which is that, that vertical threat, I think he's not going to be ready for the start of camp, but he'll be ready at some point this season. And maybe year one is, is, is going to be a little disappointing fantasy wise, but depending on where he lands, he could, he could be a, a jackrabbit. I, I think it's going be a lot of fun.
0: I think that's the perfect way to finish off that segment is that he's not going to be fire for fantasy year one, but, Put right. a pin in it, remember his name, and we'll yes. see how he matriculates. Um, all right, we're going to do a quick lightning round because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, this class is super, super deep. So there are, there, And as you said, there's going to be a run on this position, even in the first round. So a lot of these names uh, we can't go deep on, but we right. wanted to mention those top five guys. And now let's do kind of a, a quick summation of the next three players. I want to start with uh, Jahan Dotson because he is – probably my favorite player overall in the draft i really really like his game um i don't have him ranked number one i have him a little bit lower than that but i think overall he is the one i'm rooting for the most i am normally someone who likes a bigger bodied wide receiver and yet at five foot eleven and 181 pounds he has won my heart he's 22 (laughs) years old born in Jersey, but went to high school in Pennsylvania, has had love for Pennsylvania ever since. I think that's this, I always mention this because it's so interesting to me how some kids are like, no, this is where I live. Like I'm a star yeah. here. I'm going to be a star at the like local-ish college. And that's the way it's going to be. And that's, Dotson went to Penn State. Uh, he was Penn State's leading receiver within the, I think what the first, the second or third year he or he arrived on campus, um, and he closed out his college career one of just ten Nittany Lions to clear two thousand career receiving yards. Mm. The reason I like him the most—hand this is this is—I'm gonna say it now. I'm gonna plant my flag. He has the best hands in the entire class. Two drops on 138 targets as a senior. I love a player who is mistake-free. He reminds me a lot in that respect of Emmanuel Sanders. I think he can mm. be plug-and-play ready. He's not going to go any place where he's going to be asked to be the number one. That won't work for him, but can he be Tyler Lockett? I think so.
1: Yeah, and I love Lockett. Lockett's one of my favorite wide receivers in the entire league, and, and that's a great comp. And, and boy, And the thing with Dotson that, that makes you so encouraged, in addition to the hands, I mean, first of all, as a sophomore, he was criticized for his hands. He had a couple of big drops and I and I heard he he spent time just drilling and drilling and working and, and you know, making sure that was not going to be a weak part of his game. Oftentimes he's small receivers, smaller hands. You see some drops that you shouldn't by the end of his career. He was probably, like you said, the most reliable volume target and they got the ball to him in a lot of ways. I listed Hollywood Brown. Now Brown is obviously known for being a, you know, a little bit inconsistent a guy who can drop a pass every now and then. But just in terms of that explosive speed, I think it's there before and after the catch. You know, you can, you can move him inside and out. I think he's probably best as a slot receiver, and he could do some real damage underneath. And then all of a sudden, you pop him over the top and, and make some big plays. Like, th- there's really no better year one to year four progression than Jahan Dotson in this class. Every single year, he just kept adding tools to his, to his box and getting better.
0: I think for a fantasy comp, I imagine Elijah Moore type of ascent. Like he's not someone you're going to want to draft, but he has the pro readiness that if you get him into a system and a couple of guys get hurt, he's going to have that four, five, six week run where he is absolutely on fire and one of the hottest waiver wire picks in the like second half of the season.
1: I agree. I like that. Yep.
0: All right, David Bell, another kid who stayed local, uh, born and raised in Indianapolis, ended up going to Purdue. Six foot one, two hundred and nine pounds. so We're getting a little bit bigger here. I really, really like this kid. Side note: I think, I think I want him to go to the Bears. He, he's not, you know, he doesn't have that crazy speed. He's a bit of an inconsistent route runner, but he is super physical. He's got yep. Dukes after the catch, like. It's so trite to say he plays tough, but he plays tough.
1: Yeah, he's a physical physical kid. He had lots of opportunities to, uh, you know, inflict damage on the opposing defenses for as many passes he caught and as many ball times they threw it to him. I mean, you know, he really kind of took over the number one role at Purdue over Rondale Moore. You know, when Moore was hurt and came back, so I mean that that alone says a lot. I think there was a trust factor there that they really, you know, believed in. The speed is going to be an issue. I mean there there's testing speed and play speed and he plays right up to his testing speed. Meaning I don't think there's a huge difference. I, he doesn't run by people, but the way he fits the bears, I think, and that's a team that, you know, a lot of people have kind of pegged him to is he gets open and he catches a lot of 10, 11, 12 yard passes, and he's going to be pretty darn reliable. And, befitting of a city like chicago physical tough and and you know ryan poles the new gm wants players like that and you know they had some bulldog receivers at one point in kansas city you know i mean obviously the speed is what gets talked about there but you know you could see it working uh, where where he becomes that perfect number two more of an underneath intermediate option not afraid to go over the middle i mean Two hundred and thirty something catches in three years, and really two and a half years considering the shortened season in twenty twenty. I mean, volume guy who catches a lot of footballs, and you know, comp wise, there's there's not a lot to to really compare. Quintez Cephas is like the same player. I think he could be better than that. You know, I mean,
0: Eric, you just killed me.
1: You know what I'm saying though, right? Like the the (laughs) not fast, but super competitive. You know, wins wins battles one on one. I just think he's probably got a little bit more, little bit more burst in his game. So I, I kind of threw in Kendrick Bourne as somebody who has evolved and become more of a playmaker over time.
0: And I will say his comps are all over the place. Like I've seen yeah. some people saying Devonte Adams as his ceiling. I will say when I watched his tape, and this is maybe fitting because of the Bears, but I didn't, you know, know that piece of it when I was initially watching his tape. He reminded me right. of Anthony Miller when I was watching his tape. I was like, oh. There is like that that dog in his fight kind of play. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go, though, my comp being Mohamed Sanu.
1: I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Sanu carved out a really nice career. Got a little dinged up by injuries at the end there, obviously. But, you know, somebody who consistently, you know, was viewed as a first a number three and then a two and, and a good sort of play, you know, playmate opposite a big play guy like Julio or, or Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I, I think it's it makes a lot of sense.
0: Bears need to get a number one, though, first. They Darnell do. Mooney. Maybe it? more than one. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, let's close things up with Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Six foot four, 208 pounds, so another bigger player, 22 years old. Man, this guy spent like five years with the Bison. Yeah, It's a very long trajectory, but he has NFL bloodlines. His father, Tim Watson, played safety in the NFL in the 90s. His brother played linebacker at University of Illinois and Maryland, I believe. Uh, he went to two, two different schools. He did play safety, Watson did, in high school before fully switching over to a uh, wide receiver. It makes sense, given you know, how his dad was probably coaching him.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Only got one scholarship offer. Guess where it was? North Dakota State. So he said yes. About that? Um, and then, like I said, he spent five years, I guess the first season doesn't count because he redshirted, became Trey Lance, and this is where the intrigue, this is, I think, where fantasy heads get really excited. The narrative starts mm-hmm. to build. Trade Lance's number one target in 2019, he uh, although he continued to produce in 2021 after Lance went to the NFL. Um, I'll, I, I, okay. He, see, I, when I look at his tape, I'm like, okay, he's guy. He's like rounding his routes a little bit. Uh-huh. The limited trees got drop issues all over the place. But I think what is crushing and boosting his stock is his testing numbers and is yep. showing at the Senior Bowl.
1: If you're, yeah, I thought, you know, he really built up nicely at the senior bowl, you know, kind of a slow first day, much better second day, you know, every day after that felt like he belonged. Right. And and that's important for a North Dakota state player, even though they've established themselves as the Kings of the FCS. I mean, you still want to see any lower competition player go to an all-star game like that and look like he belongs by the end of the week. He looked like he belongs when you're six, four, you know, 200, almost 10 pounds and you can run sub four, four you probably belong. I don't love the drops. I don't love the fact that he really wasn't a volume target. It was a run heavy offense, but you know, I, they, they handed him the ball on, and you know, jet sweeps and end rounds and things like that. He was part of the run game there. He tried to block as well, but you're right. It's that springy athleticism that I think is, his kind of, you know, calling card. And that's what makes him exciting. Cause he can run the vertical routes. And when you're six, four, you know and the guy covering you is is 5'11 and a half with 31-inch arms that that's a win I'll take every single day the drop passes though i mean it it they were a high percentage you know of of the for the number of balls he got thrown and the number of passes he dropped it was it was it was concerning for me
0: i think that he's probably going to be drafted a little bit high by fantasy managers above the 95th percentile in every single hot yeah. category from you know right. speed burst catch radius it's just the numbers line up so it's a good story particularly like I don't think by the way that do you that he's going to end up in San Francisco I, I know that everyone wants that to happen because of the clicks but
1: right right I mean you know those stories are great and you love to see when they happen to me when the first time I watched him and sat down and studied him I said oh my god this is a Green Bay Packers wide receiver starter kit right here. Like this is Mm. what they look for. I mean, honestly, and that's, that was sort of my comp was, was, you know, Mark, Mark, all scantling. And I mean, that's the kind of guy that I think he is now, you know, I would say that there's, you'd hope he'd be a little better than that, but then again, MVS got a second, you know, a good, a good, healthy contract and there's absolutely a value for him in this league. So that's the role he'll play. But if he goes to Green Bay, Liz, and starts dropping passes, you know, who is going to be very happy
0: why you liked it. It's because, that's why I, I think I comped him to MVS too, because I was like, oh, these drop rates, this is a perfect fit.
1: Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing <laughs> right.
0: 23 side eyes. A little eyes. too
1: much on the nose. <laughs> that's right.
0: Yeah. All right. Give me your top five. Number one being your top guy. Number five being the end of that particular hero list.
1: Even though I can't just go five. I'm gonna lightning round this puppy and give it, it. give you more than that. All right. Garrett Wilson is my number one. Not by a huge amount, but I've got him that high. Jamison Williams value reduced because of the injury, but I think in time, you know, he'll he'll end up being the second best receiver from this class. Short quick, you know, right behind him, short drop to Chris Olave for the same reason, speed, acceleration, separation. Drake London, I'm I'm a little ambivalent about, but I could absolutely see where, you know, that type of player, he's my number four. I could see where he can win. Traylon Burks has got to be in the right fit. I'm I'm worried he'll go to a place that won't sort of maximize his skill set. That's why I've got him a little bit lower. He and Jahan Dotson, my number six, very similar grades. Fast rising George Pickens looked great in 2019. Injuries have been a problem, small hands, but I've got him as a strong number seven, uh, followed by Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama, your guy, Mobile born. Uh, and then Sky Moore at Western <laughs> Michigan, another, you know, kind of a Golden Tatey type of player, I would say, who I think in, in time will be really good
0: guy Moore also really good job at the combine i think boosted his stock yeah. as well that's a solid nine give me a 10 you can't just give me nine top who's your 10th uh, guy
1: wandale robinson maybe i mean i like him a lot he's small but i think he could be a, a quick as a hiccup slot guy i think that's one that comes to mind i'm sure i'm forgetting somebody but that uh he would he would be if not oh here i'll get my list right here if i can quickly peek yeah actually you know john Mechie, if he's healthy from alabama that's another one uh yeah, Watson, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody in here. But yeah, that that's that would probably round out the top 10. Bell would be in that mix. Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. They're all really close.
0: Oh, that Bearcat. Ooh, with Ritter. Okay. See, you guys, there are so many players at this position that are going to land places. So definitely stay tuned. Um, we're going to come back next week with quarterbacks and a little bit uh, and an extra, if you will. Eric, Eric has a pet player that he wants to, he wants to stump <laughs> about, um, which is totally fine. In the meantime, Matt Harmon is going to be back on Tuesday with Danny Kelly from the ringer. Oh, Danny Kelly is one of my favorite follows on Twitter. I'm going to be downloading Funny that guy. episode for sure. Yes. You can follow me on Twitter at Liz Loza underscore FF. You can follow Eric at eric underscore at home and while you're at it make sure you're following the mothership at yahoo fantasy feel free to drop in a five-star rating or a positive review if you don't have anything nice to say and you listened all the way to this point then (laughs) don't waste any more energy please until then we're out